0: A listener Production. Hi, and welcome to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's editorial director, Katja Vaktel, and the host of this guide to Melbourne. Giorgio Laguanti came to Australia from Sicily in 2004. After working in several cheese factories, he noticed that few cheeses were being imported from Italy, but even less were being made here authentically. Laguanti started to make his own cheeses at night after work and eventually founded his business, That's Amore, in 2008. This year, That's Amore is celebrating 15 years. Its cheeses are stocked all over the city. In fact, they're even being exported overseas and they're used by some of the city's top chefs and best restaurants. Giorgio joins us in the studio today. Welcome, Giorgio.
1: Hello. How are you? Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for coming in. Now, Today you employ 120 people you have an enormous purpose built factory in Thomastown that's not the way things started
1: No absolutely not
0: Can you take us back to those early days when I imagine it was it was just you
1: Yes it was not just me the passion for the cheese started here in Australia I was a no cheese maker when I was living in Italy so I never make a cheese in Italy before when I arrived to Australia I couldn't speak English so I approached different jobs. My first job was in the fruit shop, then I moved in the north part of Melbourne, and I found a job in, it, in a first cheese factory, where the owner was a very mysterious. Every time I was asking, "Why today the milk smell different from yesterday?" or why the curd looks like it, different from yesterday, he says I was a. Um, why you want to know? I don't tell you. <laughs> so I asked my brother to buy my book. And when this book arrived from Italy, I started to read and experiment at home and make cheese for for home, for me, and my wife, for the, for the family. And I discovered myself with a lot of pleasure to making cheese and, and a kind of a talent also in cheese making. It wasn't, the cheese was coming very good. So, and then I started to work at night nice time for a recycle company. And I work until three o'clock at night. I couldn't see myself do that for the rest of my life. I don't know, so I said I need to do something else. I was talking to my supervisor at the time. I said, well, you know what, Ali, I want to start to do something else, and, and and that's it. One morning, I decided to make this beautiful cheese. I was making for my family. Then today, we're still selling. It's a called bocconcini leaf. A bocconcini leaf is a flat bocconcini. You can roll that with other ingredients like a smoked salmon or. Or prosciutto and rocket and other stuff delicious so i do remember i do remember super very well i didn't roll them up with these two a book on one with salmon another one with rocket with prosciutto and rocket and i went to a restaurant in calton i i asked for the owner the owner thanks god was available he, he see me Started to talk to me. He liked the cheese. We tried, we tested together and he gave me the first order. And the first order was the spark of this business because he asked him, how many you can make. I said, I calculated quickly in my mind about 16 kilo in a batch. Okay, bring me the, the full batch. So um, at
0: this point, you're still doing this at home?
1: Illegally had home, yes.
0: <laughs> I love that an underground cheese maker. Well, That's very Melbourne.
1: I stopped making home. I went to look for a workshop, and uh, I found a solution renting inside a big cheese factory, also in Thomas Town. So they welcome in the in the place, and I started making my own cheese. I was doing production in the morning, delivered in the afternoon, washing everything. One man band.
0: You start with the bocconcini leaf. That becomes a hit. So what comes next? Because I believe you were one of the first people to start making burrata. Yes, yeah. which now again is a household cheese name, but back then, back not then so much.
1: nobody knew it. So the first restaurant asked me for burrata. Giorgio, do you make a burrata? Say, yeah, we start soon. In the reality, because I come from Sicily, and burrata at the time was a pretty much popular just in Puglia. I was like, experimenting at home, looking YouTube video <laughs> and other things on the internet, I know. And, and, uh, and then testing with the chef to understand if it was exactly what they were looking for. Our Burrata in these years is evolving. We were the first company to make a in Australia. And uh, the chef were so happy about to work with this product. There's been a growing in the market. In, so open up the market and grow in the market. And now um, neo Burrata is a super popular. Um, I have to say they're using more burrata in Australia. It's more popular here than so many other countries. And uh, even in Italy, in some part of Italy, it's, they don't know the burrata like we do in Melbourne, especially because the chefs, they're using the creativity to do dishes and fusions. And also, it's not just an Italian dish. It's become an, uh, a contemporary uh, ingredient can be used in whatever cuisine. Mm. We have customers, they're using it in uh, fusion with the... Uh, Asian um, uh, influence or Indian influence or other things.
0: What do you sell most to chefs out of your cheeses? And how many cheeses are you making now? What's the number?
1: Well, it's about 60 different cheeses, between cows' milk and buffalo milk. We do making fresh, of course, the mozzarella in different sorts, colour, shape, smoked and plain. And uh, we're making also uh, other cheeses like a cacio and caciottas and Unique cheese like a squacquerone, it. so it's a fresh cheese. In the last couple of weeks, so with no rind, super fresh, and in the shelf life, it becomes more spreadable and, and more softer.
0: Okay, so it's a spreadable cheese.
1: It becomes spreadable what? when is it holding up? It's wrapped one by one. It's a little cheese, and it's wrapped one by one in paper, but it's super soft. And, and in easy couple of weeks of shelf life, it becomes even softer, and uh, very unique, fruity, tangy flavor.
0: I have a particular predilection for your buffalo ricotta, which I have been known to eat in one sitting, one of those punnets. They're not one kilo punnets, but they're big punnets. Tell us about why I might be addicted to the buffalo ricotta. What, what is it about the flavors in your buffalo ricotta versus a regular ricotta uh, that I and so many find appealing?
1: Ricotta was uh, one of the first products we put on the market with pride difference um, the the reality once I learned to making cheese because I learned here and I learned the, how to make a different, make a gourmet. My goal was always to make something gourmet and to make the people have a wow when you try the cheese. The ricotta was very easy to be compared with the other, with the other ricotta because the ricotta before was just a cheese to be cooking with, often grimy texture. And so and very and very hard. And when we come up with our ricotta delicata first and then the buffalo ricotta was uh, smooth and delicate. You can enjoy by yourself on a toast, on a pasta. So good on toast. Absolutely. And the buffalo milk ricotta is unique, first of all, because our buffalo milk in Australia is unique. The buffalo farm we, we 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 get the milk from is a bean um, is a unique in the world. This is a buffalo farm coming from crossing three big breed of buffalo. One is the water buffalo from Northern Territory. There is being crossed with the Indian buffalo, the water, the Italian buffalo. And the flavor of the milk is unique. The buffalo milk ricotta we are using. We don't have any additive. But it's not just on the buffalo milk. All the uh, that's products product. We, no, we don't standardize the milk, so we not touch, do nothing to the milk apart, apart pasteurizing the milk. So we're gently pasteurizing, and the milk changing with the seasons. and mm. depends what's the variety of grass in the season, what's the way that. So the milk changing flavor and nutrient, and, and we're just doing adjusting our recipe. So you find the milk, you find the cheeses, they change a little bit the flavour from season to season. It's normal, it's artisan, it's it's important.
0: This might be a ridiculous question to ask someone like yourself. If you had to have three cheeses in your fridge at all times, what would they be? What are the essentials? And you can say to me, Kacha, there needs to be ten. But for those of us who aren't going through that much cheese... What are the what are the essentials you think that should always be in someone's pantry or fridge?
1: Grated cheese can be Parmigiano, Australian Parmesan, or something you can pour on pasta, on soup, on on meatball if you make your meatball. Or um, and then ricotta, again for the same reason, you can put it on toast, you can pour on the pasta mixed together with pasta, or you can have it on its own. And uh, then
0: what's the third cheese?
1: In my fridge, probably will be stracciatella. And, um, I will put also mozzarella.
0: You can buy your cheeses at grocers around the city, whether it's somewhere like Toscano's, which really focuses on local producers, uh, Leaf, the high-end supermarket gum tree. I mean, it's very prevalent everywhere. I think it would surprise a lot of people to know that those tubs of that samore is a family business. But in terms of coming to get your cheese, and if you're not finding them at markets or grocers, they come to Town, right? You've got a deli there. That's the best place to come and sample your wares. Well,
1: for coming there, it's an experience. Then we see every week more and more people want to do it, coming to Town because also they have, we have a deli, deli cafe restaurant and um, people are coming having lunch. Some unique. Uh, we have every week dishes with burrata because, of course, some restaurants they're doing, why we not do it? So, every week we have a special with burrata, we make a, our own porchetta, and we are popular with this beautiful panini, they look amazing and everything is super fresh. Like the spaghetti al pomodoro we're doing, we making the spaghetti fresh and we're not pre cooked, so we boil them fresh. We're serving with a um, Napoli sauce that is just look like a bit made from from nonna.
0: Uh, what cheesy pop putting uh, on top of that?
1: A beautiful burrata on top, a bit of parmesan and, and leaf of a basil. It's. Uh, <laughs> I know you can. It's you can see my, my face right now. It's yeah, very, I'm beaming. And this is one of my favorite lunch. The one actually. So, yeah, a lot of people are coming. Uh, we found uh, our followers and lovers, they're, f- they're driving from Chelsea, Mentalizer, uh, Werribee. So, they're traveling from far away to come and have this experience and taste.
0: It's been 15 years. You're not just selling anymore to a few restaurants, you're selling all over the country. Plus, you're exporting now into yeah. Asia when you look at the next few years or the next 15 years because i imagine that's how far you're thinking are you thinking let's just keep going with what we're doing everything's working if it's you know if it's not broken don't fix it or are you thinking about what that next evolution could be
1: no, we always look for the, the, the good and bad of what myself and the team is. We get bored if we not do something different or more or improving. So, we're very proactive. There has been evolution from the first product was adjustable conchine leaf. Now, we have six, 60 different cheeses, and some because of the different family, they taste completely different. So, the squawk tastes different, the buffalo, and each cheese is different from others. Apart the family of the Bocconcini, where Bocconcini and Fiore di Latte and Baby Bocconcini and Cherry Bocconcini, it's just the name because it changes the shape. But other cheeses, also we make a blue cheese and white mold cheese and washerein and mature cheeses, they all taste different. So, And this is give us a chance to create new things.
0: Well, congratulations on 15 years. It's a wonderful milestone and I hope we have another 15 and more ahead. Thanks for joining.
1: Thank you very much.
0: That's it for today. You can stay completely up to date at any moment of any day at broadsheet.com.au or on Instagram at broadsheet underscore mel. I'll be back again on Friday, same time, same place. Chat then.
1: Listener.